Everybody have a seat, please. Good morning. My name's Tim. Um, I am one of the youth pastors here, and it's my duty today to speak to you all. So buckle up is what I got to say. Um, I'm feeling super nervous today, anxious, like my whole body is like, and it's frustrating. Carrie, can you bring me at least my stand? There we go. That's good. I'm also going to need my iPad there. You're not Kara. <laughs> Thanks, Kara. You're great. That's not my wife. So anyway, Anthony's out of town. He asked me to speak today. I'm going to be closing up our series of Eli. Uh, today's the last official Eli series. I think he's going to do a recap next week, so come to that. It's going to be awesome. Um, I think they mentioned next week we are only doing a morning service, so if you're planning on coming to the 5 o'clock next week, you're going to be disappointed. Just come to the 10 o'clock, um, and it's going to be a great time, and then you guys can have the rest of the weekend to do whatever you like to do. Whew. Anyway, anyone know what a youth pastor does? I've been trying to learn. No? No one? That's fine. I'll figure it out someday. Um, besides every once in a while preaching on Sunday mornings, me and my wife get to meet with our youth group every Wednesday night and share the gospel with them and hopefully lead them to Christ. And then the bigger portion of it actually is walking through life with them and showing them what it means to be a Christian, how to live as a Christian, um, and then also how to share the good news of God. So it's a little bit about evangelism, but a lot of bit about discipleship. Um, I am excited to be here. I'm excited to be able to worship God with you guys this morning. I'm excited to be able to chat with you, to catch up on your lives, to pray with you. Um, and I'm excited to be able to preach today. But before I get to that, I promised some people some candy. So here's how this is going to work. If you guys have been tuning in on our Facebook group, we've been doing a, um, what are we calling it, a devotional every night this week, and Kara and I got to lead the Wednesday night devotional. All week long, we've also been trying to do a memory verse, and on Wednesday night, I promise that if you memorize the memory verse and are willing to say it up on stage today, then I will give you a chocolate bar. So, Kara, chocolate bars. This is Kara. The other one was not Kara. <laughs> if we raise the lights in the house just a little bit, Abraham, otherwise I won't be able to see who to call on. I only need two. I brought a whole six-pack, though, just in case. Okay, so I'm going to put the memory verse up behind me. So if you guys did not spend time memorizing this, you have the next, like, minute to do so. Here it is. Read it in your heads. Read it quietly. Um, so this whole, if you're new to this church, what's been going on um, is that I'm a youth pastor here, and... Part of my job, like I said, is to evangelize to these students, but how I do that and how most youth pastors do that is with bribery, honestly. Let's be serious here. Uh, our students don't often like to memorize things because they're going to school all week long. They got a ton to do. Um, they don't like to invite friends, so I have to be like, all right, we're going to give gift cards. We're going to give candy bars. We're going to do whatever because we want our youth group to grow. We want our students to learn good habits, so we bribe them in doing so, and honestly, it works. Um, what can I say? Sometimes you need that immediate gratification so that you can learn to build on it and learn to build on it. Um, I was talking with Brody about running this morning, right? Um, 
I've been trying to run for the past three weeks, and it's like running sucks. <laughs> Uh, running sucks, especially if you don't have a coach there with you and if you're just trying to go as hard as you can because you're like, I need to lose weight. This isn't supposed to be fun. I'm just going to run as hard as I can. And like five minutes later, you're like, <laughs> I'm never running again. And then you're sore for the next like three weeks. Anyone had this before? Yeah. I'm still sore. My calves hurt. Um, so what I was saying to Brody, though, is that there's this app we use, it's the Nike Run Club, uh, and it has a coach that actually coaches you through your app, through your run. And like the, f the first run you do with him, the whole entire time, he's like, hey, dude, you're going too fast, slow down. And you're like, no, I'm supposed to be hurting, right? He's like, no, you are not supposed to be hurting, you're supposed to be enjoying this. And so it gives you that instant gratification of like, oh, I don't need to be hurting myself right now. That all kind of ties in with instant gratification can be good if it sets you up to learn how to do something properly. Are you guys memorizing this? Yeah? You've had all week, I'm telling you. As a church, we are trying to develop um, spiritual disciplines in our own life, and especially these couple of weeks leading up to our Vision Sundays, so that we can invite the Holy Spirit into our daily lives. So one of the things we've been trying to do as a church is fasting where you take something that you normally do every day. Uh, in the Bible, traditionally, it's food. And you say, I'm going to abstain from this. I'm not going to do whatever it is. And then whenever I think about that thing, instead, I'm going to talk to God about it. And it's going to increase my relationship with God by taking something that I normally do out of my life. We've also been trying to be in prayer. We've also been trying to memorize some Bible verses, specifically this one this week. Um, and these things are called spiritual disciplines because you actually have to discipline your body, discipline your mind to sit there and work through these things to develop a habit. And once you develop that habit, then it becomes natural to you. But you have to discipline yourself to be able to do it first. So I like to give instant gratification so that you can develop a lifelong habit of memorizing Bible verses. Who here wants to say the verse in front of everybody? Piper, you got it? Aubrey's kids would have had it. They would have. Matt? Anybody? You guys, this is free chocolate. Yeah. You guys, I'm a very gracious teacher. All right, come on up. I got two bars. You can just hold her hand. This is Piper and Bree. They are in our youth group. Give them a round of applause. I said you're in our youth group, and they should give you a round of applause because you're braver than everyone. All right. Remove it. Ready? Okay. <laughs> um, blessed are those who, who keep his testimonies, but who also seek... Wait. But who also seek in their hearts... And also do no wrong. Hold on. And also walk in his ways. Good job. Here, here, take your candy. Instant gratification. You get to share that. Here's the thing with memorizing Bible, guys. Um, yes, there are things that you should have it word for word, but if you're getting it close enough, that's a good step forward. Okay? 
learn what the thing means and memorize what it means at least, okay? On Wednesday night, Kara and I talked about um, the, the SOAP way of reading the Bible. Students, what does S stand for in SOAP? Scripture. What does O stand for? Observation. Who said it here? Yeah. Who knows what A stands for? Application. And then P? Prayer. Perfect. We are trying to teach our students how to read the Bible by teaching them this acronym of SOAP. So when they get a verse like this, they will read through it. That's the S, Scripture. And as they are reading through it, they will observe things that stand out to them. Okay, so on Wednesday night, I said, uh, testimonies is kind of a weird word. If you are younger, you may not have heard this outside of the church or like a courtroom environment. So what does that mean? So as you're doing observing, in a journal, you're going to write something down. And then you're going to move on. And I would say, seek him with your whole heart. I would write down whole heart because that stands out to me. I'm not just partially seeking him. And then I also will try to walk in his way, so I'll observe that. And then application comes, and you look at those observations that you took, that you wrote down in your journal, and you think to yourself, how can I apply this to my own life? So with testimonies, I'd probably look up that word and be like, what does this word actually mean? And it means witness. And as you are learning God's, to who keep his testimonies basically means learn the stories that are in the Bible. If you learn what God has done, then you can be a witness to what God has done, okay? If I run up and kick Paula in the shin, and you all saw me do it, you could be a witness at court that I kicked Paula in the shin, right? You could give testimony that I kicked Paula in the shin, okay? This is a weird example. I would not never kick Paula. <laughs> yes, I would. <laughs> but if you can learn what God has done by reading the Bible, reading the Old Testament, reading the New Testament, then you can give testimony, you can give witness to your friends and family about what God has done. And then you can also take stories of what God has done in your own life, and you can give those testimonies as well. So you will be blessed if you learn his stories and you keep his stories. So that's one of the ways that I would apply this verse to my life. And then with the whole heart, I would think to myself, I need to stop giving this just like a half of an ounce of, of uh, work toward it. I need to be giving everything I have to learning his testimonies and to sharing that. So that's another way that I could apply. And then the P in SOAP stands for prayer. So then I'm going to take everything I learned here, and I'm going to pray about it. And I say, God, please help me to do these things. I, I'm learning your ways. I'm learning your testimonies. I just I want to be able to share your gospel. Um, and then you can also take that prayer, and you can start praying about other things. And you can start praying about people that you love and people that you want to share your testimonies with and all this kind of stuff. So SOAP is how our students are learning how to read the Bible. And if you guys are new to Christianity, or if you're new to coming to church, and you have picked up the Bible before, and you started like in the book of Numbers, and you got like two pages in, and you're like, this is boring stuff, uh, learn to read the Bible in a way that's going to be applicable to you. Learn to read the Bible. Doing soap is what I highly recommend. Does that make sense? Is that a very youth pastor way to tell you to read your Bibles? And if you memorize it, you get candy. You were close. <laughs> Anyone else want to do a memorize? Anyone? No? All right. <laughs> would you please? 
So Aubrey spent the week teaching her little daughters how to do the, the uh, memorize here. So she came up with some hand motions. So let's put the verse back up while she does this so she doesn't look like she's just waving like a mad woman. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart, who do no wrong, and who walk in his ways. That's beautiful. You get chocolate, too. There you go. Amazing. There's different ways to memorize the Bible. Um, we memorize the Bible so that we can keep his testimonies. We memorize the Bible, we memorize different verses so that when we are walking in our daily life and we are about to stumble on something, some sin comes across our path and it looks tempting, we can bring up these verses that we've memorized and fight the sin with them. Jesus does this in the New Testament when the devil is tempting him, right? So it's something that we should also be doing. That was great. Um, as a youth pastor, I see the benefit of growing your relationship with God. And we're trying to teach our students how to do that. And as a church, we're trying to teach you guys how to do that. Which brings me to the thing I totally forgot to do, but we have some announcements that I'm supposed to give, right? I'm really bad at this, guys. Couple of announcements. We have growth groups coming up, okay? Who here has been a part of a growth group in the past? This is like our small groups as a church, okay? We are going to be starting these, is it next month or the month after? Next month, okay? So you, if you have our app, you can download the app if you don't have it, but you can sign up to be a part of one of these small groups. And this is a time that we can get together and we can talk about God's word and we can pray for each other and we can just do life with each other. Okay, this is the number one way that this church will not only grow in numbers, but also grow in depth spiritually. So sign up for a growth group. We highly recommend it. And then the second announcement is, we're also starting classes on September 14th. This year, we are going to have a class that helps with emotional health, and we're going to have a class that helps with practical parenting. Okay, these will all be Tuesday nights from 6.30 to 8. These are classes that we highly recommend everybody come to. You can sign up on the app again. Um, it's going to be a great time to dive into something um, as a community and really just learn how to do better parenting, which I think we can all have help with. Okay, um, These are classes that are not specifically for our church, but we're also going to be inviting other people in our community to, to help just get, um, get good parenting out into the world. It's going to be a good thing. So invite somebody, sign up on the app, um, and we're excited to move forward with this. Let's see, I totally lost my place now. Oh, yeah. So we are spending these last couple weeks, these next couple weeks, every week, trying to invite the Holy Spirit into our daily lives. Because our next sermon series that we're going to be doing is, um, I just blanked, what's it called? Vision Weekends. Perfect. Thank you. Um, so the next sermon series we're going to be doing is our Vision Weekends. There's three weekends. First weekend, we're going to be spending a ton of time just worshiping God. The music's going to be great. There's going to be lots of prayer. The second weekend, we are going to be casting our vision forth of what we believe God wants us to be doing in our community. And then the third weekend, we're going to wrap it up with more worship. So it's important to be in the Holy Spirit leading up to this so that when it comes time to get together as a church, we can really expound on what God has been telling us individually and as a corporate church so that we can move forward into him. 
Okay, I spent a lot of time on that, but it's okay, it's important. Um, let's continue with our miniature in the Eli series. Last week, we left Elisha, and I have no, um, no choice but to come to the conclusion that Elisha is a grumpy old man. Anyone else feel this by reading through Elisha? Just me? Okay, the dude called out bears because someone called him bald. Seems like a grumpy old man type of thing to do, right? He gives short answers every time he's questioned, like the guy loses the axe head, and he's like, go get it. <laughs> he's not like, oh, son, let me help you here. He's like, go get it. They ask him to help to come down to where they're chopping down the trees. He's like, I'll go. Right, the Bible, he gives like two or three word answers every time. And then when the king sends for him to heal his leprosy, he's like, meet him at the door. I don't want to talk to him. He's like, go tell him to bathe in the river. It's fine. Like, he seems grumpy to me. Does anyone here get hangry? Me. I'm hangry right now. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. There's chocolate bars if we're hangry, guys. Come on, it's fine. Uh, but he seems kind of like he is hangry all the time, in my opinion. Um, he's the king of short answers. I kind of imagine um, when that king came up to him to get healed from leprosy, he's like, well, close the door. Don't let him in. Just, like, tell him what to do. And the king's outside, like, whispering through the door, the door like, do you want to heal my leprosy? And he's like, go away. <laughs> I need to wear my gloves all the time. That's a Frozen reference for you old people. That's the best reference of the week. I get hangry. Maybe he's hangry all the time. It's hard to know. Um, but in this next story that we're coming across, I feel like he's definitely hangry. Okay, so if you guys can open your Bibles or your apps or whatever you want to do, to 2 Kings. We're going to be in chapter 7 today. <laughs> I went too far in my notes. When we find Elisha here, he is in the city of Samaria, and he's under siege by the Syrian army. Siege means that another army has surrounded the entire city, and they're not letting any food come in so that the people inside are starving and eventually they will give up, okay? Instead of fighting a war, all they have to do is surround them long enough so that they give up because they will basically kill themselves off because they'll be starving too much. So this is happening. And it's to the point in Samaria where they are way beyond hangry. It means that they are no longer getting any food delivered. They're to the point where they've eaten all the leftovers out of their fridge. They're to the point where they drank the milk that was a little bit sour. They're to the point where they're rummaging through their cupboards and they're like, I guess we have dried pasta. We can make something out of that. So they eat that. And then they find their last can of like black beans that's from like two years ago. And they're like, I guess we'll eat this too because we're that hungry. But they're past that stage even. They're to the stage where one guy is outside and he's like, hey, I got this donkey. Who wants to buy its head? Who's hungry enough to eat donkey head? 
and then he sells it for like an, a huge price. The Bible says that he sells it for the equivalent of like $25 for like strips of donkey face. Who's hungry? <laughs> Who's at that point of hungry? Last time I spent $25 on a meal, it was like something super gourmet, like McDonald's. And not the dollar menu. So they're selling donkey head. And some people came up with the idea in this city that, hey, people are hungry. I've got a whole mess of pigeon crap out here. I'm going to sell that. People will eat this stuff. And the Bible records that, yes, people were buying pigeon poop. And they were eating it. Because there was no food left in the city. These guys are past hangry. Times like this, people were dying. And this is where we meet Elisha once again. The king sent someone to kill him. The king said, this famine is getting so bad, why isn't this man of God doing something about it? He, the king gave up trust gave up hope, trusting in man. And Elijah shows him that only God can deliver. So let's read with me. I'm going to read 2 Kings 7, 1 and 2. It says, But Elijah said, Hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, Tomorrow, about this time, a sea of fine flour shall be sold for a shekel, and two seas of barley for a shekel at the, great, the gate of Samaria. Then the captain, on whose hand the king leaned, said to the man of God, If the Lord himself should make windows in heaven, could this thing be? But he said, You shall see it with your own eyes, but you shall not eat. This is one of those verses that is kind of confusing if you're just reading it, because we don't measure things in seas anymore. We don't buy things for shekels anymore. So if, you, if you're not, like, diving into the word and trying to figure out what these words mean, this could literally mean anything, right? Like, how much is a shekel? No idea. How much is a sea? No idea. Is that, like, an uh, ocean? No. So basically what this is trying to say is that tomorrow there will be bread sold for the cost of bread in the city. You'll be able to buy it anywhere. Tomorrow, at this time, you will be able to buy food at normal cost anywhere in the city. And the guy hears it, and he thinks, I just spent like $30 on pigeon poop. How is this possible that I'm going to eat bread tomorrow at a normal price? The only way it's possible is if God opens up the heavens and he sends manna down like he did for Moses. That's the only way it'll happen. And Elijah, grumpy old man, says, all right, dude, you'll see it, but you're not going to partake because I'm grumpy at you. That's what it seems to me like. I don't know for sure if that's biblical or not, but he definitely says it, so let's go with my interpretation of it. But tomorrow, the price of bread will be the price of bread. There's no way that man could have done this, and this is what the captain's saying. There's no way that we as men can make this thing happen. I've been eating bird poop for two days, he says. But with God, anything is possible. Maybe when there's no way out, and maybe when we have no choice but to trust God, God's going to do the impossible. 
And that's what's exactly what happens in the life of these next guys. Okay, I need more volunteers. We are going to act out a play. So I do have youth students here, but does anyone else want to act out a play for a candy bar? All right, come on up. Cat, give me one of your brothers. I know Cat. <laughs> All right, and Piper, you can come back up too. <clears throat> Ryan's the only one in the world that makes him feel short. <laughs> hey guys, this is great. All right, so basically we are going to do what's called a melodrama. Our students have done these before. I am going to read through this story, and they are going to act it out as I read it out. Okay, they are going to be the characters in the story, and as I say, this character said pigeon poop. Uh, pigeon poop. Exactly, okay? And this character said, I ate a donkey face. I ate donkey face. Perfect. Yeah, you be quiet. <laughs> okay, so you guys are going to be over here. Uh, we're actually right against this pallet thingy. Okay, the pallet thingy is going to be the gate of the city. Okay. Um, the rest of you guys are going to be the people. No, you guys are going to be. Um, there's this point where God sends the sound of a mighty army. So when I say God send the sound of a mighty army, you guys have to pretend you're a mighty army. Okay. So you're going to make horse noises and like chariot noises and like cannons, you know, whatever you think a mighty army sounds like. When I say they sound like a mighty army, you guys sound like a mighty army. Okay? Questions? Concerns? Your biggest concern should be there were no cannons back in the day. All right, so here we go. We're picking up in verse 3. It says, now there were four men who were lepers. Ryan's two men, that's why. There were four men who were lepers at the entrance of the gate. Now, for those of you who don't know, lepers are somebody that has leprosy. It's a condition of the skin um, where it's like a super bad rash. It can, it can lead to parts of your body like literally falling off because your skin starts to rot. It's gross. And in this time, if you had leprosy, you had to live outside of the city so that you wouldn't spread it to the people in the city. So these four people are lepers. So what do lepers do? Probably scratch themselves. Go ahead and scratch yourselves. Oh, yeah. It's gross. It's making me, like, cringe just watching. No, don't flick it. <laughs> That's disgusting. They were at the entrance of the gate, and they said to one another, why are we sitting here till we die? Why are we sitting here till we die? Because the king. That's what he said. I, I don't know. All right, we're skipping you. Why are we sitting here till we die? Good question, leper. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other one said, let us enter the city. Let us enter the city. But there's famine in the city, right? People are eating donkey heads and pigeon poop in there. These people also are starving but they know that if they go in the city, it won't be any better for them. They say, let us enter the city, but the fam is in the city and we shall die there. And then the other one says, but if we sit here, we'll die. But if we sit here, we'll die. Exactly. So now come, let us go over to the camp of the Syrians. What? Let us go to the camp of the Syrians. Yeah, let us go to the camp of whatever you said. Perfect. See, the thought was, if they go to this camp of the Syrians, 
there's a couple options. Either they'll kill them right away and they won't have to suffer anymore, or they might take pity on them and give them some food, okay? These guys have no hope left but to go to the camp of the Syrians. So they travel from there to the camp of the Syrians, but you guys are starving and itchy the whole time. You're not coughing, what? (laughs) It's fine, it's fine, it's fine. They arose at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians, but when they came to the edge of the camp, come to the edge of the camp. Yeah, that's an edge, sure. Perfect. But when they came to the edge of the camp of the Syrians, behold, there was no one there. Perfect. For the Lord had made an army of the Syrians hear the sound of chariots and their horses, the sound of a great army. Wow. You guys are terrifying. Woo! Super spooky. Super spooky. The sound of the great army, so that they said to one another, Behold, the king of Israel has hired against us the king of the Hittites and the kings of Egypt to come against us. So they fled away in the twilight and abandoned their tents and horses and donkeys, leaving the camp as it was, and they fled for their lives. Okay, in the middle of the night, oops, in the middle of the night, the Syrians that had been surrounding the town of Samaria, thank you. This is a drawing that one of these girls did for me at camp. Hilarious. <laughs> Ask me later. I'll show you. It's hilarious. In the middle of the night, the people that had been surrounding Samaria heard the sound of war horses, heard the sound of chariots. They heard such a great calamity that they thought to themselves, we're all going to die if we stay here. They must have hired kings to come with their armies to take us out. So they all pick up their stuff. No, not even their stuff. They pick up their shoes, and they pick up their skirts, and they ran out of there because they were too terrified to wait any longer to gather anything, and they ran all the way home. So when our hungry lepers get to town, get into this camp, they say, there's tons of food here. And they start scarfing it. Go ahead. Go ahead, pillage. Pillage this tent. Mmm, delicious. Oh, what's that? (laughs) This is much better than bird poop, guys. So good. Perfect. That was good. (laughs) When the lepers came to the edge of the camp, they went into a tent and they ate and they drank. And they carried off the silver and the gold. Go ahead, carry off all the silver. Yep, and then they went and hid it somewhere. Go ahead and hide it in your little hidey holes. Perfect. And then they came back, and they did it again. There was more food, and there was more silver. So they picked it all up, and they left again. And then on the third time, they said to one another, what we are doing is not right. What we are doing is not right. (laughs) This is a day of good news. This is a day of good news. If we are silent and wait till morning light, punishment will overtake us. If we're waiting overnight, punishment will take us. Perfect. So, (laughs) where are we? They stole some food. They stole some silver. They stole some gold. 
then they came to the realization that what they're doing wasn't right. There's an entire city behind them of people that they love and care for that is still starving. So what do they do? They decide, we got to tell the city. So say amongst yourselves, we got to tell the city. And then they run to the gate, which is over here, if you remember correctly. Perfect. And they knock on it as hard as they can. <laughs> and then the guy at the gate comes out, and he's like, what do you guys want? What are you doing here, you lepers? And they're like, hey, you're not going to believe this, but we were just at the Syrian camp. Hey, you're not going to believe this. We were just at the Syrian camp. Hey, you're not going to believe this. We were just at the Assyrian camp. And there was no one there. And there was no one there. And the guy's like, let me go tell the king. So he walks over. He finds the king. He's like, king, the lepers at the gate are telling me that there's no one at the Syrian camp. And I'm starving. I don't know about you, but I almost have run out of pigeon poop. And my kids are hungry. So maybe we should go and check out and see if this is right. And the king's scared. The king says, uh, we can't just leave the gate. We can't just go out there. What if they're waiting in ambush for us? And the guy's like, look, I'm really hungry. <laughs> I'm hangry. Let me go with, like, a couple of people, and we'll go out and see if what they say is true. And if we die, who cares? I'm starving. Anyone been at that point? <laughs> I was there yesterday. Like, who cares? I'm starving. Get me out of here, Kara. I will die. So they send a couple of people into the camp, and they say, this camp is empty, but where'd everybody go? And they follow, and they find a trail of clothes from the camp leading toward their home. Like these people had gathered whatever they could in their hands, and they ran out as fast as they could, and they dropped stuff the entire way because they did not care. They were too scared of the sounds that they heard in the middle of the night. All right, let's give our guys a round of applause. Thank you, lepers. You guys can have a seat. Kara, hand them out of chocolate. Or actually, Piper, just hand them. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> Instant gratification. Works every time. I'm telling you. Every time I paraphrase, I lose my spot. Sorry, everybody. So the people went out, and they plundered the camp of the Syrians. So that that next day, literally 24 hours from when Elijah said it, bread was sold for the cost of bread anywhere. But the guy that doubted went down to check out what was happening. He went down to the middle of the gate. He said, wow, bread's being sold at the cost of bread. But as he was even saying it, a multitude of people ran to the camp, and they crushed him to death. Jeez, why is this in the Bible? <laughs> That's what you get for making a grumpy old man mad. That's why it's in the Bible, guys. He was trampled to death. But what Elijah said came true. You will see this with your own eyes, but you won't get to partake of it. Because you're doubting what God can do. Take that as you will. Don't doubt what God can do. But what I really want to focus on is what happened with these lepers. These lepers were in a position of certain death. 
and their options were to either stay where they were and starve to death or to go into the city where they were not wanted because of their leprosy and starve to death. Or they could surrender to the only possible shot of getting food, the only possible way to stay alive. They had faith that this was the only opportunity that was presented to them that would end in life, and they took it. And what they found was beyond what they could have hoped for. They found food, they found treasure, they found life, and they found life abundantly. Can I tell you guys, sometimes God's going to let us get ourselves into a position that is overwhelming. Sometimes, because of our own actions, because of the actions of other people, we will be overwhelmed. And sometimes there's no way for us to fight it. Sometimes the only way back to life is if God himself would open the windows of heaven and pour out to us. In those times, we must lean into God and we must trust him. I'm going to have the band come back up. I still got quite a bit here, but you never know. If you guys are new here, if you're new to Christianity, if you don't know who Elisha is, welcome. We're glad you're here. If you guys have been hanging out for a while, but you still haven't committed yourself to God, I'm glad you're here. Maybe you feel like you're trapped. Maybe you relate to these lepers that are sitting outside of a city because you don't feel like you belong inside. Maybe you've been starving for something to change in your life. And maybe you see no way out. Friends, I want to encourage you, if you're in this situation, to take a step of faith like the lepers took a step of faith. They stepped out to surrender to the Syrians. What we as Christians have done is nothing by our own means to save ourselves. What we have done is stepped out in faith to surrender our lives to God. See, the Bible tells us that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the light, and that no one can get to God except through him. The Bible tells us that you were knitted together in your mother's womb. And that God knew you then. The Bible tells us that God himself loves you so much that he sent his only son to die in your place. But what God wants from you isn't for you to do grand acts. He's not asking you to conquer the Syrian army by yourself. What he's asking you to do is to surrender. 
He wants you to step out in faith and come see that his camp is a good camp. I'm going to give you guys the opportunity to take this step in a couple of minutes here. But I want to focus on the second part of the story before we get to that. So 2 Kings 7, verse 9. lepers said to one another, we are not doing what is right. This is a day of good news. If we are silent and wait till morning light, punishment will overtake us. Now, therefore, come, let us go and tell the king's household. So they called the gatekeepers in the city and told them what had happened. As Christians here, there's times in our lives where we feel surrounded. And there's times in our lives when we feel like there's no way out. Okay, this king had seen Elijah work miracle after miracle after miracle. And he still was at the point where he did not see any way that could come out of this. He still did not trust that God had a plan for what was going on. And the only way to succeed is to lean into God. Christians, friends, brothers, sisters, we have a way out. We know that the God we serve is good and that he can chase away any enemy that we have with the sound that only the enemy hears. There were no real chariots in this story. God made the enemy hear chariots and flee for their lives. We serve a God that can make up a chariot of fire. We serve a God that can open the floodgates of heaven and rain bread down upon us. He can heal. He can save. And he wants to do all these things. So why aren't we telling people? I've been the leper in this story. And I have stepped out of my place of death and I have surrendered to God. And it's so good here. This camp has what I need. This camp has love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. There's food here. How can I possibly keep this to myself? Because in all earnesty, there is a city here that needs to be saved. There's a city here that's starving to death. And we are in the position to help. How can we remain in this tent full of food, know, knowing that everyone in the city is starving? I'm going to have you guys close your eyes for a minute here. I want to really focus on what God's trying to do in your life. If you have been saved, then you are called to serve those that have not been saved. You are called, like the Bible verse we're trying to memorize says, to keep God's testimonies. You are called to witness the good things God has done to the people around you.
The Bible has story after story about what he's done. So read it. Learn it. But so does our church. So do you. Here at this church, God saved your marriage. Here at this church, God saved your relationship. Here at this church, God saved your life. He cured your cancer. He lifted you from depression. And friends, we need to spread this hope. If you're in that first group of people I was talking to, the ones that feel stuck, and maybe you don't know God, maybe you haven't kept on, on your relationship with him, maybe you've, you've fallen away from that, God wants you on his team, and God wants you in his family. But it takes a step of faith. The Bible tells us that we need to confess our sins and we need to turn from them. If you want to take the first step in that relationship or you want to come back into this family, then do this. Pray with me here. Say, God, I'm messed up. And I feel like I have no options. God, I want you to be the ruler in my life. And then I want you guys to spend these next couple minutes in your own thoughts and get the sins you've been doing off your chest. Ask God to turn from them and to help you turn from them. And ask God for his help to run toward him. And while you guys are doing that, while you, while you are just focusing on getting right with God, the rest of you here, my family that is send, sitting in this tent chowing down on this food we got to make a choice we need to step out and save the rest of the people we need to tell them what God has done here I want to make this more practical for you because as I've said this and as I've heard people preach this I thought to myself yeah I can start praying I can pray for our city I can pray for our country But I want to make this really practical. So everybody, think of literally one person. Choose one person that you know that needs the hope God has to offer. And it can be anyone that you have personal access to. So I'm not talking about the president. I'm not talking about the governor. I'm not talking about Congress. I'm talking about your sister, I'm talking about your mother, I'm talking about your best friend, everyone here knows someone, so let's begin to lift them up in prayer this week, do you have a name picked in your head, as we start to sing this next song, I'm going to open up this first step here on the stage, You know, traditionally, churches will call this an altar uh, because you bring whatever it is and you sacrifice it to God on the altar. But if you guys need help taking that step to become a Christian today, or if you need help with prayer in your life, or if God put that name on your heart so heavily that you need help praying about it, 
I want you guys to come forward today. I want you to kneel here and just start praying about it. And some of the elders here, some of the staff will pray with you. And I believe this is going to be an amazing time because we are choosing God. So I'm going to pray. The song is going to start. And you guys can come forward if you want to. God, save us. Every day we need you. And I pray that the people who are here and are seeking you for the first time, Lord, that you would meet them where they are. And I pray for those of us who have a city to save, Lord, that you would meet us in our prayer and that you would help us to witness the things that you have done, that we would remember your testimony, that we'd be able to share your story in our personal lives to those that matter to you and that matter to us. In your name.